Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hello and welcome to Mother Mary and the Masters with Samara Gabriel Grace. Did you ever hear a whisper of wisdom from a higher source? Have you felt the persistent encouragement of your angels and guides? Do you wonder if Mother Mary is still a part of Earth's evolutionary story? Sit back and listen as Samara channels the loving wisdom and light of Mother Mary and the Masters. Samara's life changed forever in the fall of 1997, when she received the first of many personal visitations from Mother Mary. In the decades since then, Samara has traveled the world serving as Mary's messenger, sharing her love and wisdom with those who are ready to receive it. Tune in now. Receive the insights and inspiration that Mary and the Masters offer to help you live a life of greater peace, deeper joy, and ever-abiding grace. Join us now for a close encounter of the divine kind. Well, welcome everyone. It is the 12th of February of 2017. This is Samara. It's been a number of months since I've been on the air, and I'm really excited and delighted and happy uh, to be back. Um, Like many people these days, um, I've been a little challenged by the changes uh, politically and socially uh, in the world, and working hard to kind of find the place in me that can stay peaceful, the place in me that can still feel joy and still be of service. And so today's talk is really going to be about how do we do that. Um, Mother Mary has said again and again uh, that everything that is happening right now is in perfect divine order, perfect divine timing. And as we look at some of the shows on television and some of the things that are happening, I, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time sometimes just taking a breath and saying, so that's divine, that's divine, that's divine. So I'm looking forward to having her share with you um, some strategies and some help uh, with that. Uh, we're also going to have a special guest, a friend of mine named Elena Batzler, who lives here in the Sedona area uh, and has been attending uh, some of the gatherings that I've been holding. And she had a a special um, sort of knock uh, from Mother Mary to to begin something, and I'll be sharing her story with you a little bit later on. For those of you that are sort of still trying to think about things and and put things into perspective, I really want you to listen today to the suggestions that Mother Mary offers to see if they resonate with you. And, of course, if they don't, no worries. You know, find something that does. But I really feel like we're in a time now when it's important to find the activities and the people and the the means and the meditations or whatever it is that can help you to be peaceful and centered and happy and joyous. So before we uh, bring in Mother Mary, I want to do a shout out to my favorite lady in the Chicago area. Hello, Mary Elizabeth. How are you doing? I am absolutely wonderful. It seems like forever since we've been on the air, and gosh, I really do miss Mother Mary. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, well, she has been uh, kind of poking at me for a while. In fact, I mentioned something to you. Do you want to ask me about it? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yes, I do. Now, you've been having, like, monthly meetings at your house. What have you been up to? 
I know. It's really funny. Um, for those of you that haven't specifically had Mother Mary nudge you, I want to tell you, once she starts nudging, it's kind of like a, a four-year-old that wants a cookie. <laughs> there's no going away. There's no, there's no relentless. Uh, it's just kind of relentless sometimes. But over the summer, I was feeling just a little down, a little sad. It's pretty hot here and just not being able to get out as much as I would have liked. And so I was meditating um, and asking Mother Mary, you know, what should I do or what could I do? And she said, I want you to start having monthly gatherings at your house. And not only that, I want you to begin by having them on the corresponding day to the month. For instance, the first one was on 8-8, obviously in August. And at the time, I was thinking, well, it's so hot. I don't know anybody that's going to come. What are we going to do? You know, it was sort of like all that little sort of mind objection, the monkey mind. Right. And then I said, right. I might as well just do it. So I did. And guess what happened? It was amazing. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, it began with me just telling a few friends, and I told them that they could bring friends. And so we've ranged between the smallest group was about five or six, and the largest group was about 15. But out of that, um, several of the women invited me to then come and speak to their groups. And so my I don't know, Mother Mary sort of gathered together all of these wonderful people who are heart-centered and really want to be part of a community and part of taking steps, you know, to, to, you know, just feel better about the world and to feel better about themselves. And the most recent one was on February 2nd, which is when Elena got the nudge that I'll, I'm sure she'll be sharing with you a little bit later. And so one of the suggestions that I'm, I'm going to offer, and I think Mother Mary would echo that, is if you have the time and energy and if you feel to do so, just gathering even once a month and having some nice music, having some nice snacks, doing a prayer or a meditation or maybe referring to a sacred reading can really uplift everyone. And now it's like like old home week. You know, I, I announce the meeting and people come and they're bringing gluten-free snacks because everybody knows I'm gluten-free and hugging each other and listening to Mother Mary's message. And it's really brought me up a great deal from where I was uh, over the summer. And I think it just provides for everybody a sense that, you know, there are really good people in the world and everything is going to be okay. So I know Absolutely. you're working full time, Mary, but maybe that's just something to think about, even if you did it once a quarter. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, one of the things that I want to just offer to you guys is um, an experience that I had, and then I'll bring in Mother Mary. So as most of you know, since I've been doing this since 1997, there have <laughs> been years that were fantastic and maybe some years that, for me anyway, weren't so fantastic. So a few years back, it was actually 10, 10, 10. All these master numbers seemed to mean something. And I was in Texas on a retreat um, that someone else was leading uh, as part of my Wisdom University studies. And honestly, I was feeling like like I didn't belong, although everyone was kind, everyone was nice. It just, there was something missing for me because the conversation and the focus was not on the things that mattered a great deal to me. 
And so I was in the library uh, of the building where we were, and I walked over to the bookshelf, and I saw The Course in Miracles. And I pulled it out, and I just asked for a message, and I just kind of let it open to the page that it would open to. And tonight I'd like to read you a portion of that because it hit me so strongly then on 10-10-10, and I feel like it's very powerful right now for those of us that are light workers, for those of us that are working in the healing um, aspect of the world. So it's uh, in Chapter 25 of The Course in Miracles, and then it's called The Light You Bring. So take a moment, take a breath, and listen to this. You, maker of a world that is not so, take rest and comfort in another world where peace abides. This world you bring with you to all the weary eyes and tired hearts that look on sin and beat its sad refrain. From you can come their rest. From you can rise a world they will rejoice to look upon and where their hearts are glad. In you, there is a vision that extends to all of them and covers them in gentleness and light. And in this widening world of light, the darkness that they thought was there is pushed away until it is but distant shadows, far away, not long to be remembered as the sun shines them into nothingness. And all their, quote, evil thoughts and, quote, sinful hopes their dreams of guilt and merciless revenge, and every wish to hurt and kill and die will disappear before the sun you bring. When I read that back on 1010, I felt like an inner light came on in me that that really is my mission. And of course, it's the mission for many, many of us. But I felt like If I can't feel the sun, if I can't feel the wisdom and the brightness and the joy, then I best just stay home for a little bit because the world right now is in turmoil. The world is having sort of growing pains, I guess you could say. And so if I just look out in the world, I am going to be upset. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be frustrated. But if I start Within, if I start in my inner heart and core and invite the sun, the light, God, Mother Mary, the angels, however each of us wants to do that, and fill myself with that, and then go out in the world, it's a different experience. It really is. And so I wanted to share that with you as one other tool that we can refer to. And I know many of us have different books that are important. But the light you bring, I think, reminded me that each of us has a responsibility to take care of our own light. Because if we don't do that, then, first of all, we're living in the dimness we've created. And then also we don't really have a lot to bring to others. So I'm going to take a moment and bring in Mother Mary and have her talk a little bit about how do we create being of one heart when we deeply disagree with the attitudes and actions of others. So give me just a second and let's hear from her. Mm -hmm. 
Well, here we are on this beautiful day of the 12th of February of 2017. And, oh, my goodness, here we are 2,000 and some years, and we're still arguing. <laughs> it's it's rather funny on, on the one hand and, and rather poignant on the other. What's called for right now, darlings, is a couple of things. The first is clarity. You have to learn what you believe. And you have to learn whether you believe it because you believe it or because someone told it to you. And that's a very important distinction. So you have to come to the core of what you believe. And in general, people either believe that everyone's out to get them, so they better get them first, or they believe that as I treat you, you will treat me. Now, in the first case, what you have is really the law of survival, survival of the quote-unquote fittest. And so if you have that survival brain going on, you're always looking for danger, you're always looking out for the enemy. You're always trying to figure out how to get on top, how to get what you need, how to push someone else out of the way, because that survival brain that the cavemen needed and the early settlers needed um, still operates under that equation. And the equation for the survival brain is us versus them. And so, first of all, recognize that, and that is honestly a part of every human brain. Now, once you can move a little past that through your spiritual studies, through meditation, through love, through understanding, through essentially growing up, you begin to realize that the survival brain is very appropriate if you're being attacked by a wild animal, but it's really not a creative use of the brain that God gave you to recreate an environment and a life of love. And so by recognizing that all beings begin with that survival aspect that can be triggered in certain situations and must, in a way, be educated beyond that, so it's not that you ever get rid of it, but you educate that brain to know, am I really in danger? Or is this sort of a fog that I'm in that so-and-so is going to get me or so-and-so is to blame for this? And in that old uh, paradigm, there is nearly always a victim and a perpetrator and a rescuer. And so if you look at the dynamics in the world right now, sometimes you're playing the victim, sometimes the rescuer, and sometimes the perpetrator. But all of it needs to change. All of it needs to be a totally new paradigm and dynamic, which involves a different brain, a different part of your brain, I should say, and a different way of being. And so clarity comes when you begin to realize, am I still operating out of anger and fear and all of that? 
And is there something really endangering me right now? And I know for many the current political situation feels dangerous. But I think what it's doing, if you can look at the larger picture, it's making people wake up to look at what is it that I believe, what is it that is truly important, how do I want people in general to be treated in the world, how am I treating people, and what kind of world can we build where some people and some countries and some societies are still very much involved in the old paradigm. So how can we create a leadership? How can we create a vision? How can we be the change we want to see, as someone that you know once said? And so the clarity comes from really a level of self-examination that for the most part, people have not yet done. And yet, because the current political climate is so challenging, it is absolutely forcing people to do that. And so what I want to say is that as you realize, I want to wake up, I want my heart and my brain to be as one, my heart and my brain. And so again, the brain still discerns if there is real danger and you take the appropriate action. But the heart says we are living in a world where a very few people hold most of the wealth of the world. And what that does, that imbalance, creates suffering, anger, repression, rebellion, wars, all of it. Because, again, if you think about what kind of world can we really have peace in, it has to be a world of justice. It has to be a world where people have enough to eat, where they have a roof over their heads, where they're not afraid to walk down the street, where their children, boys and girls, can go to school and marry who they wish. Now, I'm not naive. I have been along this road with you for a long time. And the teachings of Jesus really still apply, right? He was saying in his words the same thing I'm saying to you. Yes, he didn't talk about the limbic brain because that wasn't a concept that was known at the time. But what I want to say to you is when you have the clarity, do I want to live in fear or do I want to live a life of love? And when you say I want to live a life of love, what that means is that you put away living in fear unless, as I said, you're being attacked by a wild animal or something like that. The next thing is you have to also develop both courage and compassion simultaneously. So courage gives you the courage to take action when it's appropriate 
And compassion lets you see clearly what is the root of the behavior in which I am now being called to offer compassion. So it's like the wisdom teachings of thousands of years ago. These must come alive again in your lives. In looking at yourself not only as a citizen of the U.S. or of Canada or of Spain or of Germany or wherever you are, but looking at yourself as a citizen of the universe, truly a citizen of the universe, and being able to then say, what is mine to do that is loving for me, loving for my family, loving for my friends, and to the best of my knowledge and ability, loving for all. Now there is a conundrum because part of the reason there is so much divisiveness right now is very few people are having that thought process inform their decision. So if you're a citizen of the world and you look on any issue, whether it's hunger, homelessness, uh, immigration, health care, whatever, rather than looking at the current effects and their defects, go back to the vision. What would need to happen? What would we need to create so that the world could have access to health care, if we're talking about that, so the world could have access to housing, so that there would be support for the people who need it and therefore allowing them to continue in creating so they can have a house, so they can have food, etc. So what you're seeing because of all of the fear and all of this survival paradigm is that very, very few people have much of the world's resources. And right now what they're doing is building a wall supposedly to protect but really to contain the same old paradigm. In your world right now, it is impossible to segregate one country from another. It's impossible. It cannot be done. You cannot build a wall high enough. And truly, why would you do that? And so what you're being invited to do, my darlings, is yes, to think about yourselves, to protect yourselves if there is true danger, but to begin to put on the hat, if I were the president, if I was a senator, if I was a congressman, if I was in charge of putting a new bill to be considered, what would I want? What would I want to see? What is important here? And I recognize that most of you do not want to uh, become elected officials. I understand that. But I want you to take the step to think about it so that your step can be writing to your congressman or senator and saying, I would like to see this occur in order to help, again, the homeless 
whichever group you're thinking about. And so it's so important now to keep your clarity and your courage and your compassion filling yourself, yes, but then saying, what would love do here? What needs to happen here? So that rather than operating out of survival and fear and circling the wagons and getting our guns out to shoot whoever, we look at it and think, if everyone had food and shelter, they wouldn't really be trying to attack us. But when they don't, and some group like ISIS says, oh, it's all the fault of them, they're the perpetrators, here, strap on this bomb and go and blow them up. And if you feel hopeless and helpless, then you might do that. But what we say is, how do we create a world where everyone has enough to eat? Now, I know you all might not have that solution in your mind at the moment, but you can write to your senator or congressman or call them or email them or whatever you like to do and say, in my community, I want to see more support for the homeless veterans. I want to see support for the foster children who are being abused because there's not enough social workers to investigate the claims that are being made. So you ask for the smaller steps that are part of the larger vision. As our beloved Mother Teresa said, you can do no great things, small things with great love. And so in your own community, take a moment and think about what touches your heart most. Is it the veterans? Is it the children? Is it the elderly? Is it uh, the pollution? Is it, you know, whatever? Pick one thing or more if you want to, but pick one and say, all right, I'm going to start investigating a little bit about this so that when I do write to my congressman or my senator, I will have the, the facts, the clarity. Here's what I have found out, and here's my suggestion for what I believe we need. Pay attention to this. Because right now, they're getting hundreds and hundreds of calls saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But very few of them are offers of, here's what we'd like you to do. Here's what's important to us. And in your communities, in all of your communities, all across the world, there are angels of, of service in every arena, whether they're part of the food bank, whether they're part of working with the veterans, whether they're part of helping the homeless. To whatever extent you are able, help them. Help them. Whether it's to volunteer once a month, whether it's to write a check for $10, whether it's to have a gathering at your house and tell people instead of bringing um, food for the gathering or bring food for the gathering but also bring two cans of food, I'll be dropping it off at the food bank. You see, when you do these things, when you demonstrate even in small ways that you are a part of the global society, 
that you are a part of all that is. You become the sun, S-U-N, that shines in your community. And it doesn't have to be a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week thing. But it has to be something. Because otherwise, as people retreat, it creates both apathy and a certain level of frustration, which can also lead to anger. And so see one world, one heart, one humanity. And that wherever you live, wherever you live, there are groups that are already in service toward the goals that you have, towards the vision that you would like to see. And so as you do your part, whatever you feel guided to do, you add to that strength and also to that message. The reason all of this has occurred over the last couple of centuries is that all the attention went to money. You don't hear people talking about kindness. You don't see too many acts of compassion on the 6 o'clock news, although some of them are very lovely and putting some on now, but it's not the focus. So what I'm asking of you, what I'm inviting for you, is to make your focus the heart of humanity. Your heart, of course, but also the heart of humanity. So what you're doing then is you're living your truth. You're living your heart. You're living your vision. And as you're doing that, of course, you're meeting more and more people and hearing about more and more people that are doing the very same thing. So you become this beautiful, beautiful uh, vision and also the practical aspect of a world that works. A world that works because there's a place at the table for everyone. You become the sun that helps to move away the clouds that keep another in the belief in bondage. And so it's time, dear ones, this is the year 2017 is the year in which there is a huge call to wake up. There's a huge call to rise up. There's a huge call to hear the voices of the people, not in anger, but in, in a way in redemption and in consecration of what is important to you, what you believe in, and what you love. So that's really my message. Now, I don't know if Mary Elizabeth has Elena come on yet. Well, I saw her about 20 minutes ago, then she uh, the dropped off again. <laughs> so hopefully she'll be calling back in. All right. Well, before we do that, then, let me ask you, how is that all feeling to you? Well, it feels wonderful because I know there are so many people that are just so frustrated, especially, you know, light workers that are looking to make a living, you know, doing this. But yet it doesn't take, we don't have to make a living doing it. We can just, every single action that we have can be one of light. And exactly. even if we just impact one person, 
you know, every day, that can have a huge effect, you know, I think, on mankind. But, you know, exactly. And I think what, what people don't realize is that each of those small acts really adds up. It really adds up. Right. And it gives sort of a boost of hope, of adrenaline, of love to everyone else, you know, to, to when, whenever you see those good stories that they occasionally have on the news about, you know, a young boy who decided that he was going to collect cans enough to build a well in Africa, you're sort right. of like, wow, okay, you know, and it, it's that kind of thing that we need our children and grandchildren to see and nieces and nephews and friends and neighbors so they don't just go back in the living room and turn on the news and say, oh, isn't it awful and there's right. nothing I can do about it anyway. And so I think for each of you now, just find something that is doable, that feels good to you, and then be proud of it. Be happy to make that contribution, knowing that you and thousands and thousands of others that are taking those steps are really adding to the equation of good and of goodness. Right. So are we still in the suspension period, or or have we kind of stalled a little bit? Are we still in which period? An ascension oh, period, or have we kind of stalled a little bit? Well, I think it's sort of like when you – have you ever gone to a, a place and the escalator is broken? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think what's really happened is that everyone thought it was going to be pretty easy, like getting on the escalator and just going up, right? Mm -hmm. Right, absolutely. And when you, when you think about how many people in the world really have never thought about being a citizen of the world, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, the, the reality is ascension takes place sort of out of a – a majority, majority rule, if you will. <laughs> right. And what I mean by that is individually, each of you can do whatever you're doing to help yourself feel lighter, brighter, more like the sun, etc., etc. And so you are, and that's beautiful. But I think that the other side of it is others who don't really want to wake up, who don't want to change, who are still perhaps blaming someone else for, you know, whatever they want to be blaming them for, um, they just uh, sort of push back. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the reality of government, I think it's very interesting in a way that what you have now in the government are businessmen trying to run the government as a business. Right. And when you think about that from the bottom line of ascension, right, so if I'm running America as a business, how much do I care about ascension? Not at all. <laughs> what I care about really is what I call, you know, the bottom line. How am I doing energetically with money and with power, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the other side to look at is – when Obama got elected, it was on this vision of a very different kind of world, right? Absolutely. It was all about hope. It was about hope. But again, if you think about his, his uh, phrase, yes, we can. Can. Mm -hmm. And there was a great stirring in the people of, of feeling hope and feeling like yes. But the reality is once he got elected, 
a couple of things happened that really sort of broke the elevator, if you will, escalator. Um, <laughs> one of them was that he came into a system built on, no, you can't. Right. And the second thing that was really problematic is most people who'd been a part of the election, who had been on the ground team and, and all the email teams and all of that, they just went back to work. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know how to be connected again because there really wasn't an infrastructure for that. Right. Right? Right. Absolutely. And so in order for ascension to really take place in the next few uh, I'd like to say years, but perhaps decades. Um, what it takes is everyone. <laughs> and and so the reason that I'm talking about each person that feels like they can do a little bit in their own community, by doing that as a light worker, as a being of love, as someone coming from their heart, what begins to happen is that the equation begins to allow that that becomes the majority rather than the mm-hmm. fearful, let's build a wall, let's keep, quote, unquote, them out. Right. You know, let's be a big gun in the world and let's, you know, show them that we're the boss. That's not right. about ascension at all. But the infrastructure, the infrastructure is a little like, um, well, it's a funny thing to say, but it's a little like earthworms. <laughs> you know, if you think about what do earthworms really do other than we, you put them on the hook to get fish? Well, what mm-hmm. earth, earthworms really do is they aerate the soil so the sun and the water and the nutrients can feed the plants. And so hmm. the earthworms are really the beginning of creating a richness of soil in which something can blossom. And so when you think about that, you're all the earthworms. <laughs> Doesn't sound very uh, elegant. Wonderful thought, but, huh? But it's really, if you think about it from the the perspective of creation, the world right now needs more aeration, right? It needs mm-hmm. new ideas. It needs new soil, literally needs new soil. And it needs that to happen not just in one place or another, but really worldwide, And so each and every person that makes that contribution of aerating their community by being that one who picks up the clothing for the the women that, you know, are trying to get a job and don't have the proper clothing or who takes the food to the food bank or, you know, if you're one of those people, what you're doing is you're aerating and creating a network within which new things can blossom. Wow, and beautiful. fear, but fear can't live in that kind of oxygen. So they're like, you know, they talk about how cancer can't live in uh, alkaline right. environment, but fear can't live in that kind of environment that is not only built on hope. It's not only hope; it's also action. It's love in action. Right. And I think that when you see that, you realize, ah, okay, that is really what we want to see. Okay, it looks like Elena is back on the line. She, she has texted. She is back on the line. Could you let her on? Hello? She should be on the air. There she is. Hello, oh, Elena. Hi, Elena. Can you hear me? 
Hi. Yes, we can. <laughs> we were just, this is Mother Mary, we were just talking about how important all of you are in taking the action you feel guided to do. And I would love for you to share how, I don't know if you know it was me that was nudging you, but how you got nudged recently. Well, I felt like I had to do something. It was like I was burning up inside. I and I didn't know what right action would be. There were so many options. Uh, there was so much coming from everywhere. Uh, and then I decided, I thought, oh, well, how about, you know, having a meditation group? And first, it was a meditation group that would meet once a month, which we are doing uh, in our community. Uh, and I would invite everybody to do that in their community. But then it was the idea of creating a Facebook group, a forum, where uh, with the intention of creating, of changing consciousness, uh, just like uh, you, Mother Mary, were talking about, creating clarity um, and courage, a, a forum for courage and compassion. Um, and su my suggestion is that whoever is in that group at wherever they are, uh, takes one minute at around noon every day, stop what they're doing if they can, and just send uh, love and light to the world with the idea that there is enough for everyone, uh, there is abundance for everyone, and whoever, either the entire world or uh, in groups of individuals or even ourselves, that seem to be act out of scarcity or separation. So just be a reminder, this is, you know, to act in love and light, and there's enough. There's enough for all. Um, and so the group would be a forum for us to discuss our experiences and encourage each other uh, to stay in unity and to have this vision of one humanity, one heart. Um, and then the meditation groups that we can have you know, in our communities can also uh, emphasize and add to that. Beautiful. I wanted to just also ask you about two things. One, you felt it was very, very important that no one, that everyone be included. In other words, that when you're sending love and light, you don't say, I'm, okay, I'm going to send love and light to everyone except. <laughs> so, oh, so. no, no, everyone, the whole planet. Right. The entire and, humanity. And the other thing is right now I know you have the group as a closed group, which I understand because you're in the process. Will you be opening this up so that others can join in to uh, be able to, to share their good stories? I would love to include everybody. I don't know about a completely open group. Anybody can ask to join and there's no reason to exclude anyone. It's a new group, just days old. So um, we are actually meeting, there's a group of us meeting on Tuesday to discuss some of these details. Uh, so it's all very new. I would like to include as many people as possible, but I really would like to keep that a safe group that has that intention of oneness and not start having disagreements and another forum for posting things that are hateful or create division or, um, I mean, I'd like everybody to feel safe 
Right. In that right. forum, yes. All right. Well, what we'll do is when, when you've made your decisions, we can uh, email people and let them know or have it on the next show. So if, if, if it's time for people to join at that point, uh, they we, can. They can join now. Uh, the group is called uh, One Humanity, One Heart. So anyone that in the next few days that asks to join, I will just say yes because I will assume it's from this call. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. So people can join already. So anyone can join. It's called... One Humanity, One Heart, and um, yes, please, please join, and the more the merrier. <laughs> Let me ask you one more thing, Elena. I know, like you said earlier, you were sort of knowing you wanted to do something and kind of on fire. Now that this has landed, does it help you feel better about it all? Much better. I, I feel like I am part of this huge diamond with so many facets. And right action is different in each facet. And I'm just taking one, which is the holding presence, the meditation. For somebody else holding action, you know, doing, you know, acting is going to be something else, like writing the senators or something else. Uh, so I feel very much like this is, has created peace inside of me. I feel like, yes, it's a, it's a step towards, um, Oneness, my contribution, my, my small contribution to bringing this new paradigm in. Well, that's, that's beautiful, and that's why I wanted you to share it, because I think almost everyone that would listen to this show has that same heart and that same capacity for wanting to do something. And I think, you know, just following that and knowing and then doing it, what starts to happen, as you said, you shift from feeling either frustrated or helpless or, you know, overwhelmed into your words were so beautiful, part of that diamond, that beautiful diamond of action that is, you know, letting you be a part of something glorious that is coming forth. So you've uh, decided to be your part of the sun. <laughs> yes. And, and the other as the other part of the meditation. So we started, I, you know, we started doing this uh, one minute, taking a deep breath. You know, every every day at noon, this repetition is good. You know, it brings you every day at noon. You come to this place of, you know, sending love and light to everyone, or sometimes ourselves if we are acting out of separateness. You know, just whoever comes to mind at, in in that moment. But what's happened to me is that sometimes it's not exactly noon. It's like 12.08 or one day was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I, I forgot exactly at noon. And until we get into the habit, I think it's okay to do it whenever we remember. It doesn't really matter. You know, just do it when you remember because it's still coming to a center, to a place of creating intention and bringing consciousness uh, at that moment. Oh, absolutely. You know, every every time you do it, it's powerful and wonderful. And yes, if everyone's doing it at roughly the same time, as you said, it kind yes. of creates a resonance, but it's certainly yes. not essential. It's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And we're so mm -hmm. excited to have you on our first show. And as you said, you're meeting on Tuesday, which is Valentine's Day. And so this really is the birthing of at least another uh, stream of one humanity, one heart, being put into the world in a way that people can relate to and respond to and feel like, oh, maybe there is something for me to do that fits. Because the other thing I just want to say, Elena, you found something that just really fits. 
And so it, it's easy in a way, right? Because it's just, it fits. Right. Yes. And so for all of you that are listening, there is something. But if you haven't found exactly the right fit, please don't just do nothing. Just do something, and that might lead you to something else. Because part of the reason I asked Samara to start the group um, last year on 8-8 is, again, this idea of resonance, that every month people can come, whether it's 1-1 or 2-2 or 3-3, and they know they will be held and embraced and, and loved and received. And not only that, this is a part that's so important for all of you, that their energy matters. So many of you out there can feel lonely sometimes or like, am I really doing anything? Is my life valuable? But when you come again to a group that feels right to you, where you are loved and embraced and where your light is seen and appreciated, it again adds to this, what uh, Mary was calling ascension. It adds to your light, literally, physically, it changes your being to keep being a part of and going where you are loved, you're bringing love, there's light for all. It's just, it's just beautiful. So whether it's in your house or at a church that you enjoy or uh, in a restaurant, um, gathering together in this coming year is really vital for those of you that need to feel that you are valuable, that you do matter, and that the world is perhaps in some areas still going through challenges and difficulties. But you've chosen not to live in fear. You've chosen to add to the love. And that's what creates that majority I was talking about earlier. And that's when things reach the tipping point. And then the majority will be the majority of love rather than the majority of fear and money. So, Elena, we are so, so grateful that you heard the call and you're on it. And now you've got a group of others all excited to be with you. And we know it's just going to grow in just the right way, just the right way. I, I, I am humbled and honored and excited with what's happening uh, with this shift that we all, that we are moving forward. Yes. I think if you think about the law of attraction, and most of you have studied that, what you, what you want to do is put your energy towards what you do want, what you do feel resonant with, what you do um, have as your vision and as your heart and as your oxygen. And so as much as we appreciate all of the uh, demonstrations and all of that, and I think that kicked up some things, the next part is to begin to focus on whichever aspect of service feels right to you. The meditation is beautiful. Reminding people about taking a moment at noon is wonderful. Reminding people that we're all one humanity, one heart is wonderful. And whatever each of you decide to do in your community, that's what will shift everything that's happening. Just do what's in your heart. It feels like, yes, this is mine to do. And from that, all will be well. Um, Mary Elizabeth, I'm so glad you got to meet Elena over the phone. 
<laughs> well, I am too, and I've got to say, what a wonderful idea. It is something that is so simple, but yet it is so powerful, and it's something that every single person on this planet can do. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm wondering, I don't know, was there anyone else who had a question tonight that, that called in or you can't tell yet? Well, we've got a couple of people on the line, but it does not look like they have any questions. They're calling to All listen. All right, well, you know what let's do? Let's spend these last few moments in a, a beautiful blast of light for everyone, the heart of humanity, one humanity, one heart. And so I'm going to just choose the, the phrase, you are enough, you have enough, we are all enough, just those three. So the three of us, let's say it together. Well, I'll say it, then you repeat it. You are enough. You are, you are enough. enough. You have enough. You, you have, have enough. enough. We are enough. We are, we are enough. enough. All right. And since I've got such powerful beings on the phone with me, what I want you to now do is envision, whether you use Reiki or any other energy form, I want you to begin to envision that where there has been a cloud all around the earth, all of us, the three of us on the phone right now, and all of us listening and everyone who listens to it later on, we're above the earth. We are the sun shining through the clouds. And so just visualize, as you can see, that all of us are lighting up our hearts. So just imagine, and all of you listening in, see the, the clouds parting and see each ray of sunshine touching a human being, an animal, a tree, the soil, the earth. And now just imagine you, all the light workers that you know are surrounding the earth along with us. And they're sending all of their beautiful light as little suns around the world. And feel that piercing through the clouds of disappointment and frustration and anger and fear. Feel those lights of sunshine going pew, pew, pew. And all of a sudden that person is looking up as if they finally feel the sun on their face. And their heart is opening and hope is stirring. And then their creative potential begins to stir to know I am enough. I can make a difference. I do matter. And in this world now, we can begin to shine our lights, to send our love, to have a vision of one humanity one heart, enough for all. And now I want you to imagine that all of those beautiful suns and the clouds that are now disappearing create rainbows as if each crystal hanging in a window was being hit by that beautiful light of the sun. And so all over the world, rainbows are occurring for people to realize that they are the light of God, of Allah, of Atman, of any God whose name they use, 
and that they are here to be a part of a most amazing awakening and that it is time to rise up and be who they came to be now and forevermore. May you know who you are. May you wake up to the light. May you feel alive and happy and peaceful. May you hold a vision of a world where there's a place at the table for everyone who comes in love. Well, I'm going to bring Samara back. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Mary Elizabeth and to Elena and to all who listen and all who decide to be the sun and shine in this world. Namaste. Well, I'm Samara, and I want to say thank you so much for listening, whether you did it on February 12th or at a later point in time. I would love to hear from you. Um, Elena has mentioned that her Facebook page is called One Humanity, O-N-E, Humanity, One Heart. One is also written out, O-N-E. And you can uh, ask to be uh, part of the group. If you have any questions or any wonderful ideas, you can also reach me at my email, which is samaragrace1111 at gmail.com. So that's S-A-M-A-R-A-H-G-R-A-C-E 1111 at gmail.com. And so I want to thank so much, Elena, for being on tonight, and I will see you on Tuesday night for the meeting. Yes. And bless you, and may everything happen exactly as it is meant to with the most possible love. And Mary Elizabeth, I miss you. I wish I could just, you know, like in the old days where you moved your nose and you could just teleport. (laughs) But then again, it's kind of cold there, so maybe you should teleport here. (laughs) I think I'll teleport to you, yeah. I think that's a much better idea. All right. Well, listen, we'll play our song, and good night to everybody. So much love, so much love. Thank you all for being a part of an awakening humanity. Many blessings.